Six-Pack Lapidot, I want to give a quick shout-out to our partners, the strength guys in this app that we have. It can be found at positionsofpower.programs with an S dot app. And the strength guys who coach people like Taylor Atwood, have you heard of him? He's pretty good. Uh, they've had several world champions, several national champions, and uh, I mean, a laundry list of records, national records, world records have been broken, etc. But they have an app with their elite level programming available, video tutorials. Uh, I mean, the whole nine, it's one stop shop once you're in here. There's a Discord where they're doing video review of your lifts. Um, to get all your lifts analyzed so you get elite level programming and coaching for $29.99 US a month. Positionsofpower.programs.app. Go there and get yourself started. <laughs> Right, but I, 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 right, that's it. <laughs> so we're recording, my man. This is Six Pack Lapidat. We got Arian Messi Kamesi, and uh, today we got 83 kilo Ghana national champion Charles right. Korbla, who um, we first so I'd seen you on Instagram. In your Instagram, right. first off, you're getting close to 40,000 followers. Your Instagram's blowing up, my man. And right. I remember you had posted and we reposted a deadlift. Right. And you were right. in the rain in, in like in like right. an alleyway. And it was raining down hard on you. And you and all the fellows were like, they were rallying around you to hype you up. And uh, it was so hype a video. Like all your crew was like super hype into it. And that video blew up. Um, people reposted the repost and it started popping up everywhere. Millions of views and everybody's right. like, damn, those fellas get after it. Um, just... it, it was, it was, it was incredible. And it was like, this is such an interesting, it's so different to us in North mm-hmm. America, the way we, the way we work out, the way we see things and stuff like that. Like, I was like, man, there's no excuses over there. So um, that's when you popped on the radar. And since then, um, I've been following you and seeing you. You're like working security for musicians. You're doing modeling in Europe. You're blowing up, my man. You're making some major moves. And um, yeah, <laughs> making some major moves, my man. And Arian, um, last episode or two episodes ago, Arian had on uh, two people, one person from South Korea and one person from okay. Japan. And um, okay. we were just talking to them about you know, South Korea, Japan, and the differences between Europe, North America, and that part of Asia, and powerlifting over there. And people from North America and Europe were loving it. They were like, bring more people on from different regions we're not used to hearing about. Let's hear their story. Let's hear about them. And I was like, if you guys want to hear more, I'm going to bring on Charles. And we're going to hear about Ghana. We're going to hear about what my man's doing. And uh, yeah. So, so I would love to hear about, um, so keeping in mind the perspective, a lot of our listeners will not know what it's like to grow up in Ghana, uh, sports in Ghana. So maybe we'll start from the beginning a little bit 
and bring it up to uh, where you are now, blowing it up. Um, so so what, what was it like? First off, where were you born and raised in Ghana? I'm born and raised in Accra in a small town called Nima. Uh, Nima is a small neighborhood which um, teaches you how to hustle. Automatically, when you're raised in Nima, you're a hustler. Even if you have it or even if your parents have money or they don't, you're a hustler. Because we have like about 20 spoken languages in Nima, different kind of tribe. But doesn't belong to one particular tribe. It belongs to everybody. It's in the middle of Accra, the capital town of Ghana. So I was born and raised, born and raised in Accra, Nima, still living in Nima. Yeah, that's my home. And Ghana is about 30 million people, and Accra is about 5 million people uh, right. in all different right. languages, like you said. Right. Um, right. Do you, did you have brothers, sisters? Yeah, I have four brothers, four sisters. Uh, my mom, my mom had, um, I mean, eight kids with my dad. And she had one before she met my dad. And my dad had two before she met my, he met my mom. So in to, in my, on my mom's side, we eight. We're nine. On my dad's side, we uh, we ten. Oh, wow. So you got a lot of siblings. And did you guys, are you relatively close in age when you guys are growing up? Very, very close. Very close. I'm the, la- I'm the baby, though. I'm the last born. But uh, <laughs> now I'm more like the firstborn now because they consult me. Whatever it is, they have to reach out to me first. Even if we're going to hold a, meet, a meeting. If I'm not part, it's not going to be heard. So I'm more like the first one now. Yeah, that's oh, a blessing. Wow. So you guys right. hold like family meetings? Right. Yeah, we have to. We always do it. We always host family meetings, you know, to know way forward. You know, there's illness. There's, um, um, sorry to say, death, you know, anything happening in the family. But how do we come together? Mm. Those things don't bring us together. So we need to be hosting. There are some families they don't meet until something happens before they meet. But I decided that, hey, we need to be hosting a meeting maybe once or twice a month to know to know about our family and to know what we are saving for the family. When somebody needs help, how are we going to help the person? Yes, on the head. So um, we've been doing this for years and it's it's working proper. Uh, some few months, some few weeks ago, yeah, I lost my big sister, one mother, one father, but you know, life has to go on. So, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. Um, okay. When you were when you were growing up. Just for an yeah. idea of like everyone who might be listening, like what sports were were big when you were growing up, and what sports athletes? It's soccer, but we call it football over here. We call it football over here. So um, soccer has been number one in Ghana in Africa because it's easy to have the breakthrough when you have the talent. It's easy to, but it's not like that easy to have to get the help out there. Okay, in Ghana, it's to whom you know. Even if you know how to, how to do something, it's to whom you know. If you're close to someone who can get you the connection, that's where you can break through. But some people also choose the hard part and hustle, you know, leave Ghana to go make it somewhere and come back to Ghana and, and play for Ghana, the national team, mm. which is very, very sad. You know, people have a lot of talent out there, but it's to whom you know. If you don't know anybody, your talent dies. That's how it is. So football, football has been number one in Ghana. So we just... Our fitness is taking over now, little by little. But still, football is number one in Ghana. But fitness is taking over. And and when you were growing up, um, were you guys like in terms of like TV shows, movies, and music? What TV shows, movies, and music were big in Ghana? How, how first off, how old are you? Just so we know the time period you were growing up. I was born nineteen um, eighty-seven. I'm okay. thirty-four years, thirty-five this month. Um, I mean this year. Sorry. 
Okay, okay. And yeah, so what was big when you were growing up in, in Ghana uh, for like music and movies? And We normally watch wrestling and um, like, I, I, I mean, TV show is wrestling. Let me just put it. That's the most popular, I mean, sports show that we normally watch as kids, you know? Yeah. And uh, we don't sometimes, and, and because the religion over here is really tight. So sometimes your parents will not allow you to be watching some things on TV. And sometimes growing up, when I was growing up, we didn't even have a television. It, was, it wasn't that smooth for me. I had to go to people's house. I have to be watching through people's window and all that. So it wasn't, it wasn't that easy for me on my side and from my, in my neighborhood. In my neighborhood, it's like a full of hustlers. It's not everybody, it's not every, every parent that has like television for their kids. So sometimes we go to people's home to watch TV. Yeah, and mm. it's very sad. Yeah, yes. So I think that would shock some people over in, in Europe and North America. So yeah, growing up with even like a television is, is a privilege. Not many people would have one. Trust me. And even till now, it's not everybody that has television in their rooms. I'm telling you the truth. Till mm. now. It's still, it's still there. And when you say wrestling, you don't mean Olympic wrestling. You mean like WWE, WWF wrestling? Yeah. That's the most popular. I mean, we call it sports. That's the most popular um, thing we normally watch. They normally allow us to watch in Ghana. Or maybe, yeah, that's it. And cartoons. That's it. That's the only thing we watch when we're kids. I'm talking from experience, though. But yeah, not nowadays, yeah. kids. Nowadays, kids are different from our time. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I bet. I bet things change, right? Um, and, and what kind of music is popular in Ghana? Um, now, it's uh, Afro Dancehall. Afro Dancehall, before it was High Life. And uh, High Life has been number one. Even Nigeria stepped into High Life in Ghana. Okay, music, well back, music was known from Ghana, High Life. Ghana started High Life. High Life was all over. Our High Life artists were, was nominated in uh, the Grammys and all that. So High Life, High Life have been number one. And now Afro Dancehall and Dancehall is raining right now in Ghana. In that, so, I, did a, I did a little research, and that's uh, just for people, that's like a mixture of like, um, like reggae, hip-hop, and like it's a mixture of things, right? It, it kind of has that feel to it, though. To try to, it's hard to describe music, but um, that's what I was reading on. I, I listened to some of it. Right, right. So, um, like I made mention, High Life, all music was tapped into from High Life. Let me put it that way. High Life has been number one in Ghana. Uh, we have still legends, people, um, we have legends that hold on to High Life until um, the, uh, the new generation took over and then change it to dancehall and Afro dancehall and all that, all this, all these keys, all these keys, dancehall keys and everything was tapped, was taken from High Life. Mm. So now, now we have Afro dancehall, we have, um, we have Afro pop, all this thing was tapped into High Life. If you go make the research, you see it. And High Life was from Ghana. Yeah. And did you, did you, um, when, when you were growing up, like even like, you know, high school, whatever, did you guys listen to a lot of music from, you know, Western nations like U.S. and stuff that we might know about or Canada or Europe? Yeah, in school, we used to do, um, we listened to a lot of music like high schools. We normally organize like a dance show from this, um, from this school to this school. Yeah, we come together like um, we have to, we have to exhibit our talent, like a dance competition and all that, even not in school, like on the street. That's how it is. But it was hip hop. It was hip hop throughout. By then, it was cripple dance and all that. Ghana was into it. I was in a group as well. We were like a baggages and all that. We'll be showing our dance, like cripple dance and all that. That's what we've been doing in school. But now, now it's still there, but it, it wasn't like before. Yeah. 
So way back it was uh, um, hip hop. We were listening to hip hop more. Yeah, from America. Because um, Ghana, the, the official language is English. So uh, everyone speaks English in Ghana pretty much, or is that the most common language? That's, um, I won't say we have, we have our local languages that don't go far. Let me put it that way. But um, English is number one. It's number one in Ghana because when you go to school, that's what they teach you. Aside English, they teach you a little bit of French, but English is number one. But we have over like, we have many languages, spoken languages in Ghana. Crazy. And I speak about four. Let's say Holy. five. Holy yeah. smokes. Are they very different? Like if you went to certain places, um, like English is basically the common one. If you can't speak the local language, you're like, do you speak English and you'll right. get, you'll get by. Everybody understand English. Even if they can't speak like you, you will definitely speak. We have someone, some called broken English. We have the PG one. The PG one, uh, exhume one is like, let's say, hey, how are you doing? The PG will be like, how you did? How you did? Mm. Have you eaten? You chop, you chop. Huh. <laughs> uh, a lot of it was tapped into English. Yeah, Nigerians. Nigerians have their own PG. We have our own PG as well. Gotcha. But we do understand their PG and ours as well. Yeah. And, and um, in the native languages, like that, if you go into certain regions that have their own dialect, um, is it close that you could understand them, or are they pretty different? When you're like, man, I could not even speak it. Yeah, there's one language that almost all the tribe understand. Almost all the tribe speak, which is Chi. Even when you are light at the airport, when you are light at the airport. When you are light at the airport, um, it says Akwaba. You will see a man says Akwaba. Akwaba means welcome. That's the second, I mean, the most popular language in Ghana, which is um, uh, the Chi. The Chi language is um, most popular in Ghana. So um, almost all the tribes understand Chi. Almost all the tribes understand Chi. So, mm. yeah. So the Chi is the common language aside English. That's the number, I mean, number one aside English. So almost all the tribes speak um, Chi. Yeah, even when you get to the Muslim community, they speak Chi. When you get to the to the uh, um, the Ghan community, they speak Chi. Yeah, and uh, and and also you're talking about how it's a religious country, and I was looking up how like seven, roughly seventy percent are Christian is the predominant, and about one fifth would be Muslim. Is that right? Yeah, but Ghana is not for the Ghana is not meant for Muslims, but we have you know people converting into Muslim. Ghana, we don't have like Muslims in Ghana, but they've converted and now they're Muslims. Okay. Ghana is known for like a Christianity country. But we have because of the peace, Ghana is a, one of the countries in the whole world. We've never had war, we've never fight, we don't do racism, we don't do anything in Ghana. When they catch you doing racism and stuff like that, you'll be in trouble. Ghana is the one of the peaceful country in the whole world, number one. So um, you can see a Muslim church. You can see a mosque in a church here, but there will be no fight. Everybody will worship and go home. That's, that's, that's what made Ghana peaceful. But Ghana is known, it's not known for Muslim religion country. It's known as Christians. I mean, Christian religion country. So, but because we are peaceful, you can see we have Muslims here. We have people converting. So you can see um, um, a, a church and a mosque together. They worship mm. in peace. Everybody goes yeah, that's the piece. That's cool, mate. That's cool, man. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? <laughs> so growing up, what what would how would you describe yourself in high school when you were growing up? If you were to describe yourself to me. Well, well, I was very um um I'm I I mean I was very intelligent in school, still intelligent and um very smart, you know. People come to me for their works and all that, like to help them fix their I mean 
to um, the assignment and all that. And um, but I was hard in school, like very hard. I love um, I love to protect people in school. Even if I when I see someone um, trying to bully someone, I'll just jump in and then be like, "Yo, you don't have to do this. That's me. That's well where how people know me in my school." And when you prove stubborn, I'll tell them, "Hey, we should just get in a, in a fight, in a mature fight. If you, if you let's see who's going to give up. We're not going to hurt each other. It's just no more fight." That was, I mean, how it was in school. You know, so everybody knows me to be a hard guy in my school. Yeah, everybody knows me to be a hard guy in my school. Right. Is it... Um, it peaceful, I go, yeah. It, it, would it be, um, like, in parts of the U.S., for instance, there would be some cities where, like, it can get rough. And if you get yourself into situations like that, where you, you kind of jump in, um, it can get scary at points, right? Like, you got to be careful. Is it like that in it, Ghana, where you were from as well, or no, not as much? Well fighting with ammunition you're not you're not allowed to hold ammunition out even when you have it and you have lines it and you flaunt it you'll be in trouble the police will call you in you can't just see uh you can't just see people holding guns they have to hide it mm. it's Ill. so even when you have it you need to hide it so it's hard to see people fighting with ammunition do you get it but normal fights like neighborhood with neighborhood it's just normal but it won't go to western and and we have we have chiefs in this country that they can call you in for for them. If you have issue, they will solve it. Okay. In some part of the northern region, there, there was a, a little war in the northern region, but it wasn't a mission war. It was just tribal war. Like this tribe and this tribe, they're not like understanding something or concerning the land and all that. But chiefs will call you in and settle it. Like I made mention, Ghana is the most peaceful country in the whole world. Nobody has ever heard Ghana fighting. Nobody. We don't. We don't. And if you have to. Um, um, uh, 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 if you have to, um, how do I say it? Demonstrate something. You need a permission from the police approval to be able to demonstrate against something. So that's how it is. Mm, yeah. Okay. So it's relatively safe then in terms of escalation. But you know, no ammunition fights. When you fire a gun and one is shoot, the police will call you in. So yeah. You need to explain. Yeah. And it's so wrong. And when you were in high school, were you weightlifting? Like, how big was the gyms and weightlifting in Ghana at that time? High school, I wasn't weightlifting. Trust me, I wasn't. I wasn't doing none of the, none of these. But I loved doing the push-ups at home. I loved doing my push-ups. And later on, when I when I graduated, I have to I have to um, can I I have to design my own like a, a, um, a concrete a concrete dumbbells and all that. I have to design my own concrete dumbbells to be able to lift hard. Um, to be able to push hard, yeah. So I did that, and people started joining me. So I was like, okay. So there was a ghetto gym behind my house. So I went to the guy and was like, yo, we can do something great. Let's just start something. So there was a ghetto gym, and I started attending the ghetto gym. And then first it was for fun, and it became a passion. It became a passion. Uh, in terms of an area, if you got questions, you could jump in, my man. I know you had done some research as well, but um, when you talk about the ghetto gym, um. Mm-hmm. So what year was this really that you started creating your own weightlifting and your own like, like weights and stuff? All right. So um, before I started as a passion and it became, it beca- I started as, uh, I started going for fun and, be- and it became my passion. Can you give me a minute? Can yeah. You give me a minute? Yeah. 100%. 100%. Okay. So we're just talking about, um, in terms of like, you, you actually started creating your own weights to start weight training. Like, well, first off, what made you start getting into it? Like in Ghana, was fitness big or like, how was the influence? 
when we started, it wasn't big. There wasn't nothing like a competition when we started. But um, there was bodybuilding, but it wasn't up to that level. Mm. There was bodybuilding, but there wasn't like much competition in Ghana. It was just bodybuilding. There wasn't no strongman competition. There wasn't no powerlifting in Ghana when I started. I started from home. But when I, when, I, when I got to that field, I realized there's something called bodybuilding, weightlifting, powerlifting. That was where I, I, I noticed. But when I started, I didn't have that intention. It was just for a t-shirt. I just want to look good. That was how I started because there was nobody there to push us. So I was like, okay, let me just go to the ghetto gym. I started with my ghetto gym and I'm still with my ghetto gym. The ghetto gym means over here, when you say ghetto, it's just like a, neighbor, uh, a gym in the neighborhood. That's how we put it. So... We started as, as, as we started as we, we're doing it for fun and it became a passion. Yeah. And uh, when you say ghetto gym, yep. you mean straight up like it's in the open outside the whole nine, right? Yeah. And that's the same gym I was training. I was working out when it was raining. That's the same gym. That's where I started early 2009. Yeah. That's what. It- and it, 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 you guys were creating your own weights or like creating your own equipment or how did you guys put this thing together? All right. We started, you know, um, I used to be an um, uh, auto engineer, like a mechanic. I fixed cars. So there's this pressure plate in the, in the car, a big truck that we normally use. That's what we use. That's what they use at the ghetto gym. And now we've discovered something called chamfine. It's in the mining, mining the big, big trucks. There's this big plate. Normally, I've been seeing in Africa now, in Ghana. So that's what we're using. It's super heavy. Sometimes we lift stuff that we don't even know the weight. <laughs> Sometimes we get the order, but you have to just manage and balance the weight. So that's how it is. And it's such... So it's... it was just... Sorry, you go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so it was just uh, uh, metals from, from the mechanic, from the fitting shops that we normally use. And before, we just creating our own bar welding our own bar, using it sometimes when you're squatting, it, you, the bar is, the bar had to break into two. You have to, you have to go weld it. And you know, yeah, it was, it wasn't smooth. And still it's not smooth in Ghana being a bodybuilder, being a weightlifter. It, yeah. it puts in perspective for anybody listening that like complains about, look, we got people who complain about lifting on not calibrated competition plates. If they just have normal plates at the gym, they complain or they, you know, and, and to hear you say, look it, we were taking scrap metal. I'm we don't even you. know. Yeah. And just, just like guessing, I think this, this piece weighs the same amount of this piece roughly. So we put it on either side and it might not be exactly equal. And I got a bar, you got a bar. That's just a bar. It's not calibrated. It doesn't have the springs roll like rolled in. It doesn't have like, you're just, it could break on your back. Like it's, it's crazy. Right. You're like, this is the only way. It tells me we've had several injuries and all that. We've had several injuries. And it's not easy. We've had several injuries. We're trying to fix. We've been fixing it. It's not easy. So um, so now people are going through a lot. It's not everybody that can afford the standard gym. The standard gym is monthly. You pay monthly dues. And over here, when, you work, when you're working for a company, they, uh, they pay you monthly. They don't pay weekly. No company pay you weekly. So imagine me receiving like less than $200 a month. And then I have to, I have to take my rent out. I have to take my light bill out, I have to take my water bill out, what I'm going to eat out, how much is going to remain. And I had to pay for gym. And gym is like, the standard gym is super expensive over here. Mm. So the ghetto, the reason why I, I'm, I'm always representing the ghetto is that um, 
I've been, I have access to so many standard gym that I'm not, I'm not supposed to pay. But imagine me training in the standard gym. How is it going to motivate someone who wants to start from the ghetto? I made it through the ghetto. I don't have to turn my back to them. Yeah. So I have to go there and then start. What can I contribute in the ghetto gym to be able to make it look good? To be able to motivate someone sitting at home, someone working out in the ghetto. So I went back to my ghetto gym and I started training with them. And I started, people was like, okay, so the level, the height I've built, I'm still with the ghetto gym. That's a great thing. It motivates a lot of people in the different region. And now with my body weight, the competition I've attended, it has motivated a whole lot of people. And now they don't want it. If I show you my DM, it's food. But I always make sure I attend to everybody. I make everybody feel welcome in my DM. Because most of the people that message me are weightlifters from Ghana, from Africa. So I have to let them know that I have to let them know the right source, the right, the right process. So that's why I went back to my ghetto gym. Sometimes we lift weight. One side will be heavier than the other. We have, we have to manage. Mm. We have to manage. And now it's getting better on, in my ghetto gym. So I decided to, I'm coming up with a project and I'm going to create, um, um, uh, I'm going to reach out to people out there who can support the fitness over here. The fitness over here with equipment and everything, you know, a gym for everybody. Like you can pay, but it will be lesser. It will be less. I just want to come up with something that everybody can also jump into. We have great athletes from here. Natural strength. Natural. I'm telling you, when I say natural, I have people stronger than me in Ghana. Stronger than me in Ghana. We don't have coaches and all that. Mm. So we're struggling. We're still struggling to be a bodybuilder. We're still struggling. It's not easy for us. Yep. It's a Dude, I think it's a beautiful thing. And the fact that you... You know, you said like at your level, you can go to like, you know, a studio gym, a nice gym. I've seen pictures of you in, in like a nice gym. And I was like, how come you don't train there often? How come you don't, how come you're still going to, you know, the ghetto gym, as you put it. And I remember you messaging me saying, um, essentially what you just said there, where you're like, it's not the same. When you, when you go back to the ghetto gym and people see you reaching those levels with that equipment and, and around those people, you know, they take inspiration and energy from it. And it says a lot where you're like, I don't have to be there anymore. I've, I've achieved a certain level where I don't have to, but I keep going back. So the people could be like, if Charles can do it, I can do it. You know, Charles is making moves happen. I can make moves happen. And, um, right. and the fact that you were still working with bars that are just mm-hmm. bars you created weights that are just scrap weights and you've already won national titles and done everything you've done. You're like, no, man, I will. I'm still going back, you know, let there be no excuses for people or let them take it as an inspiration, you know, hats off to you, man, to keep giving back. Right. That's, that's a great thing to always give back to the community. And um, there are much people where I live, like in the Nima in Accra Nima, it has so many population. And when they got your back, they got your back. Even when I was in the competition, they were supporting me. They were supporting me. Even last year, not, not, nobody from my, my gym represent, uh, represent the Ghana Strongest. I mean, represent us in the Ghana Strongest. I was the only one. And I dominated very well. I dominated very, very well. With natural body. I don't take nothing with natural body. Mm. But I have to let the world know. There are people with my body weight who want to take this step. But who is going to motivate them? So I took that step. I took that risk to make them know, hey, you can do it. If I if I did it, you can do it better than me. And now they're doing it. Mm. If you're gonna speak the truth, they're gonna say the truth. They, I'm the number one motivator in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Number one, and there's nobody. Because the people that want the Ghana strongest, I've coached them. I've coached the Ghana strongest current winner. I've coached him. People that want the Ghana strongest, they've, they've passed through me. They, they have the strength, 
But listen, what I know, the little contribution that I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to offer you, would open a great door to you. Trust me. I have one guy in America called Shaka Zulu. He's Ghana's strong, carrying Ghana's strongest man. I, I was in a competition and I was coaching him at the same time. I know I'm not going to win. I know I, I, I made myself as a sacrificial lamp for everybody who humbled themselves to learn. Pride is not in my dictionary. So if, you feel, if you're feeling pride, if you're prideful, you can work with me. You need to be humble to learn. If I see you being prideful, if I see you boasting around, listen, I might work out with you, but I'm not going to reveal the secret to you. Mm. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, you are literally a man in the people, man, because when you train, you literally train in the streets with the people under the weather the whole night. Like that's you in there. You 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 aren't going to leave. You're, you're working out in the ghetto on ghetto equipment. Um, yeah, I mean, it's inspirational. In, 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 in terms of like what weight training teaches people, um, you know, discipline. In, in like goal setting, like you can, you could strive for three months to put five pounds or 10 pounds, five kilo onto your squat. And that's discipline. And like you directionally see, um, you know, what day in day at work can do for you. You know, in terms of like when you get a kid and you start teaching him, look at the work you put in, this is what you get out. And there's a numerical value attached to your work. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just opinion. You could see it. There's a number there. It's measurable. So then you start learning about discipline. You start learning about to show up, show up every day. doesn't matter if it's a good day, bad, bad day, show up and keep working. No excuses, you know, and, and that's right. where things get achieved. Right. 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 And, and do, you, do you see more and more people in the neighborhood in the community start coming out now? Now fitness is taking off. Yeah. You know, um, now, um, the step that we've taken, it has motivated a lot of people from the street, and now they have they have they have a profession now. Even someone someone who has their who has their own job has quit their job to choose the fitness, and now it has it has through me it has opened more doors to them. And now they call themselves an athlete, and they've been attending competition. Very soon, very soon, I might not attend any competition again because it's my goal. It's my dream to be number one motivator, to be number one coach around the globe. Because over here, when they said uh, Ghana, Ghana's strongest man, when they say Ghana's strongest man, they don't have weight class like they have it international. Here it's just heavyweight. You can see me being 80, 83 kilograms competing with someone who is 140, 40 kilograms. It's totally wrong. It's totally wrong. I took that step to motivate others to put on weight and, and, and then achieve their goals. But I know even if I had to attend the world's strongest, I will attend the one with the body, my body class so I can be able to uh, um, um, show my strength and my power. So a lot of people have interest in this. Whenever I had a chance to be on national TV, I, 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 speak, I speak to my people. I don't talk to people that wouldn't listen to me. I don't talk to people that would not, would not, would not feel proud of me. I talk to people that I motivate out there. So me setting up this, height it has always given them hope i launched my clothing and from the ghetto i did everything from the ghetto that tells you that if i can make it through the ghetto everybody can make it through the ghetto it's hard it's hard to to break through from where i'm from so that's why i always say when you make it from nima where i live you can make it everywhere in the world because it's 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 not easy it has never been easy and it's 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 never easy still so i've motivated a lot of people 
when I went back to my ghetto team, I have like different squad. Whenever I go to any team, everybody want to follow me with my workout. Everybody want to join my team. So when I go to this gym, I make sure I create a team and then leave them there. Teach them the right thing and then give them a leader to lead them. I've already given them program. Everybody follows my program. Everybody follows my program. So when I go to the ghetto gym, Monday, everybody know what they're doing. Tuesday, they know what they're doing. It, it follows like that. I give them program and lead them. But they're not going to realize what I've, what I've done to them until they become a real athlete before they'll be like, oh, so this is what our coach taught us. This is what Charles taught us. And it's a good thing. But we didn't have it in our time. We didn't have a coach. Nobody was coaching us in our gym. We don't even know what we are lifting. But I was like, I took the time. I've been studying online, learning so many things, taking some online classes just to learn and feed my people. Mm. So I'm feeding them how to recover from their injuries and everything. I'm feeding them. Sometimes I have to go through injury just to save them and let them know, listen, when you try this, you're going to hurt, you're going to hurt yourself because I did it before. Don't do it. Don't do it this way. Go this way. That's, and nobody has complained ever, ever since. Nobody has injured because I've passed through that pains for them. But I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for the people who will come after them because they're also going to learn from them because I've set, I've set um, the record down. So I'm doing it. There will be great, there will be great athletes in Ghana. But I want to be number one motivator. I want to be number one coach in the whole world. That's, that's in the whole world. I know I'm going to be number one, one day. So that's the mindset. That's the dream. And I'm motivating a lot of people. So people have quit their job just to do the fitness world because they know what can come out of it. If I can make it and I'm still making it through that fitness world, they also can do it. Yeah. And then you said for, for you, when you were learning how to train or anything like that, you didn't have any information. So were you just like trying out different training on yourself and you got these numbers just by just trying out whatever you think worked best? Yeah. When, when I started, it was just um, it was just for fun. And then uh, we realized I didn't come to that part with him yet because he didn't ask me. He just he just asked me um, how was it when I started because uh, when I got deep into the fitness world, when I got deep deep into it, I realized there was something called bodybuilding. There was weightlifting. There was powerlifting, and then strongman competition. Okay, so we had great athletes from my neighborhood. One athlete, one guy representing the Ghana strongest. But I realized the guy is losing so many things. I learned from that guy. And I started attending indoor competition, like a gym competition. I started. And I wasn't, I never had a coach. I never in my life had a coach. But I've had a team before. We have a team called Hyper, Hyper Squad. And before it became Boogie Down Squad. So I learned a lot from the Hyper Squad because the one we choose as a leader in the Hyper Squad, he's always ready to learn. He always learns from people and then bring it that we share ideas together. Before, when we started, there wasn't um, um, Instagram. When we started, there wasn't Instagram. So Instagram has taught me so many things. I've been learning from people. But when I, when I pick something from you, I'm not doing it strictly like what you're doing. I only add it to what I'm doing. I only add it to what I'm doing. I love to learn. And I'm always humble to hear what you have to say. So it was, I choose the fit, I choose the strong man. It was just indoor competition. They organized, in, and every indoor competition I attended, I always win. But I lost to one guy in the university, a strong man. He was huge. He was strong. And I was like, no, I have to do it. But when we started lifting, nobody was looking at me. I have the video now. Nobody was looking at me. When he got to deadlift, they were just teasing me. So I went on my knees and I was shouting. So I called my boy to come hit my back. So when he was hitting my back, he slapped me and his hand got into my eyes. So tears started coming from my eyes. 
and I turned all that into motivation and I killed the deadlift. That brought me second in that competition. And I was the, I was the lightest among all of the athletes. I played second. So as time goes on, they organized first, first in history, they organized Ghana powerlifting. And I was like, okay, let me just go study about powerlifting. I started studying about powerlifting. So your body weight, it had to be raw. Everything had to be raw. I never trained raw. I always wear strap on my knees and everything. So I started training for raw squatting and I killed it. There was nobody in my body weight who was able to dip. I mean, to dip, uh, to do what I did. And now I've increased the weight. I'm crazy. Like now I'm up, up with the same body weight. I'm up, up. My workout has gone up. So when I did that, I was like, okay, let me maintain my body weight and see if I can go represent Ghana in the world. So the person who had to lead us through, we lost him. He died, unfortunately. May he so rest in peace. He died, and then the dream shot. Now we don't have any, any Ghana lifting president, Ghana powerlifting president. We don't have any. We have it. The group is still there, but we don't have a president. So who is going to tell us, go do this, go do that? So I decided to see if I can be, if I can break through and go international to be able to represent by Miwa for Ghana. Hmm. But there wasn't no helpers. I want to have a coach international and tell me, Charles, do this, do that. Come to this country. I can apply for the visa. When you send invitation, I will apply for the visa and then go. Like what I did in Germany. It was my first time traveling to Germany. And then I signed the biggest contract with this, with the GAMS. That's my photo. So I'm the type that I don't play with opportunities. When I have the opportunity, I make better use of it. If, if, I'm, if I can win these medals without a coach, imagine me having a coach. Yeah. So yeah, no, no doubt. For fun. Yeah, before it was just for fun and it became a passion. It's um okay, so first off, I, I know uh, to back up a bit because you were giving us a lot of information there, but so yes, the, the president of the Ghana Federation has passed away. Um yes. and right now, then there's still the federation. Is it to get to the IPF world championships? Um is there not a pathway then or, or do, are you still like, can you still make it through to go there? Because I know the Federation just has to give their nominations and And I, and I believe the Ghana Federation is a recognized Federation by the IPF. So could they send their athletes to the world championships? Like, yeah, they can do that. But now we have, like I made mention that the team is there, but there's no president. Now um, they can do that, but, they always be, there's no sponsors to, to hold us down. There's nobody to hold us down. So nobody can even get their pocket money to go do this. So I was even looking into it, if I can move out from Ghana and go represent Ghana anywhere and on my own, with my yeah. own pocket money. If I can go there, I, I mean, I receive a letter from them that I'm going to represent this. They're going to give it to me because it's in the name of Ghana. Right. And we have great powerlifters, great, great powerlifters in Ghana, but there's no help. And the dream is dying. It's going down. But if I have, I can go get a letter from them to go represent Ghana anywhere in the world. It's allowed. But there's no sponsors to push the whole team. Yeah. So I've looked for helpers out there to see if they can help us individually. Because when sponsors come, when I have, when you have management, if my management team is over there, outside, I don't care. I will still what? Go represent it. I will still go represent it for the world. But I'm, I'm, I am for Ghana. But I belong to a certain group. That's it. That's what I wanted to do now. Because we don't know when we're going to have a president. And we, we're, not grow, we're not getting any younger. We have yes. to make great things. We have to make better use of our strength. We have to make better use of our training. Something needs to come out of it. So that, is what, that, 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 that has been my headache. That has been my, 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 my dream. So I've been struggling. Yeah. 
The yeah. Federation Sorry, go is ahead, the- No, I was just going to ask if there was, um, you know, things play out better this year and you do get someone who becomes leader and, you know, tries to get a team to go. When Ghana Powerlifting Federation sends a team, is there any money from the federation or the government to support the team or do you all pay for yourselves? Right now, like I made mention, it's, 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 it's government hasn't looked into that yet because I quite remember when I won my title, I had a first interview in the national TV. I was pleading, pleading on our behalf for the government to look into that because I am from the streets. So if I can make it through the streets, this thing will keep a lot of boys from the streets and they will have, they have strong guys from the street. So I made it through the street and I'm not on the street anymore. It has given me a big platform. So government should come in to be able to take us from the street because I am from the, I am, I am like an example. I am a big example. So it has taken me out of the street. Now I'm a, I am a professional power lifter. Now there's no help. Government is not looking to that. So we don't have government supporting us. It was just a group of people supporting us. Yeah, no government. We are, the, the sponsors have to come in for the president to be able to apply. Even the visa to apply the visa. If you don't have sponsors, you're not going to get the visa. It hasn't ah. been easy. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that's things that like some people might not realize. Is like without sponsor, there's no visa even. And then in terms of money for travel, these. These people in the streets that you're talking about are literally lifting on scrap metal. Like we're not like uh, we had somebody from Japan talk about um, a couple podcasts ago. It could cost maybe five thousand dollars U.S. Well, someone, a kid in Ghana lifting in the ghetto gym does not have five thousand dollars to drop for a a weekend trip like that's, you know, uh, it's just not possible. It's not feasible. You you wouldn't put five thousand dollars towards that. Right. Right. So. Like I made mention, um, I don't know how else. I don't know. We're losing hope right now. I don't know how else, how we're going to stand on our feet. We're losing hope. And if we don't make it, if we that have understood the work of powerlifting, if we don't make it, who are we going, who, who are we going to motivate? We are just killing the dream. The, 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 the sh- people will come after us, definitely. But we haven't set the standard yet. We haven't been to any real competition out there. So how can we motivate the people coming? So I'm, we're losing hope right now. We, I don't even know what to do, but I know I know one day, I, I'm not going to stop this. I'll keep pushing until one day I'll have helpers out there who would love to invest in what we are doing. Who would love to invest in what we are doing? If the person had to come down to meet the federation and take over the federation, we allow all the athletes will vote for the person, all the athletes will give, because every athlete, it's the athletes that vote. So all the athletes would vote that person because what? It's going to open doors for us to be able to have, to be able to uh, show the world our strength and what we what we are capable of doing. Yeah, so we're losing hope. We're great athletes, but we're losing hope. That's why I almost forget about the powerlifting to join the Ghana Most Strongest. Because Ghana Most Strongest, when you win the Ghana Strongest, you might have a car, you might have some cash price. But the, the, the Ghana powerlifting, there's nothing like that there. There's nothing. When I won my medals and money, money didn't come, but I let go. I know there's a dream. I thought they're going to push us, but they didn't push us. It, it yeah, shows, so that's it. It shows you how, um, you know, some people around the world listening might take for granted even just being able to go to the world championships. Even if that's like an opportunity, you know, some European nations and some Asian nations have like backing financially from the government, or some people come from a nation where they can afford to, you know, just drop that money and go. 
were, you know, just going to the world championships, having your country on your singlet across your chest and representing your nation at the world stage means so much. Some people listening might even take that for granted and don't even realize how special it is to just show up. Whereas you're like, I would love to just show up on the world stage with Ghana on my chest, the Ghana flag and be like, we're here. We're here. Let everybody back home see that. And like people don't even realize how special that is. We never had that. The, The Federation president, way by the one that passed away, he tried to put one athlete, he was pushing one athlete by himself. He was, he took the athletes by himself, pushing him up. So when the man passed on, the guy had to travel to Canada and now he's just working in Canada. He's not lifting again. There's no hope. There's nothing. He was one of the strongest. It's called Niyama. When you Google him, you're going to see him. Niyama Mensa. He's super strong. We pick a lot of things from him as well. But now the dream is gone. But if my body which I can squat raw, my then I can squat. Now I can squat raw like 260, 250 with no coach, with nothing, with nothing. I don't take no supplement anymore. I don't take anything. I've never been on steroids. I've never been on anything. If I can use my natural strength, to be able to do this. Imagine me having a coach. So there's mm-hmm. nothing. It's just, so I just want to represent Ghana. It's a great feeling. It's even I, I want to represent Ghana without getting money. I love it. I just want to have it. I want to to prove to the world. I don't need the money. I just want to prove to the world what I can do. I just want to represent, I just want to be in a competition because I have something great in me that will motivate someone out there. That will boost someone out there. So I just, it's a great feeling. Other people, we're going through a lot just to have this. But if I'm just, I'm just going to advise people out there, people that are representing their country, they should still hold in, they should still hold it tight to whoever is sponsoring them because a lot of people are going through hell just to be in the national games. Even if it's Africa, we just want to go. But it's nobody. There's nobody to support us. Nobody. You, you had mentioned, and for anyone listening who wants to help out, by all means, coaching or sponsorships, um, you had mentioned about reaching out to people and learning everything you could learn to bring back to people in Ghana to help these kids. And um, one of the people that like one of a close friend of mine, who who's also a part owner of King Alice is Kafui Hochoyami, who's Canadian, but his parents are from Ghana. He's the Canadian champion. He's broken, uh, you know, IPF world records at the world championships. And he had mentioned that he was talking to you in, in the DMS on Instagram and, and you guys are talking about deadlifting and whatnot. And, and um, cause I had mentioned you, when I reposted that video of you deadlifting and Kafui was like, I know Charles, uh, we talked in the DMs and he was asking about deadlifts. He was asking about some advice on deadlifts and like Kafui's parents are from Ghana, man. You might've recognized by his name. And he was like, yeah, he was hitting me up for advice. And like, so I could say, yeah, but you, right. you reach out to people and be like, look, you got a world record in deadlift. Well, give me some tips, man. Let, let me right. eat so That's I can not- bring it back home. Mm-hmm. that's the passion you know when you are determined it's all about determination yeah and i'm like i made mention i'm very humble you know i'm very humble i don't care if it's a child that i'm asking help from i'll have to humble myself and then learn from the child so i've reached out to a lot of people coffee i've been like a brother and his name is like an Ewe name like my tribe we have different kind of tribe here i'm an Ewe. when i saw coffee i was like let me connect with him he's it's like i know he speaks my language my Ewe language so I was connecting with him and he's a strong guy. So represent when I saw the Ghana flag, I was like, you know, I was talking to Bob as well. I talked to a lot of people, you know, I talked to a lot of people and some of them you just have to buy their program. I don't have any program. I just do me. I just do my program, put it out. The people learn from my program. I don't buy any program. I don't have any coaching thing. 
But when you're at the team, like, like I made mention, don't just go to people by their level. Even if it's a child doing an amazing thing, just go to the child, humble yourself and learn. It will make you greater. So mm-hmm. I talk to a lot, of, a lot of people that I talk to that I can't even remember their name, but I always reach out. When I see their profile picture, I just, we just chat, we just talk. Yeah. It's, how, it's, it's the best way to learn, my man. Um, when you, how, did, how did you wind up finding powerlifting? How did this come about when you started lifting and knew, okay, all right, let's on almost like a bodybuilding sense. You wanted to get a little bit stronger, get more muscular, but how did the powerlifting thing come about? Well, I thought about this thing. Powerlifting is a great thing. I think powerlifting, there's no cheating, but how can you go in a competition and put a strap and then come squat heavyweight and tell, and tell people that you were strong. You get it. So when I heard about powerlifting, everything is true. I was like, okay, so this is what we're going to show who is who. So I was like, okay, and the bench press, there's no slingshot, there's nothing, there's no, you just have to go raw. And I was like, okay, I love this one. I love the powerlifting. Let me, let's just go and then see. So when I went there, there's nobody. There's, I almost took the, uh, the, the, the competition for granted because I was winning. I was like, no. So there's this guy who came and put the deadlift 260, but he couldn't lift. If he was able to lift that 260, no, two, 265, he would have beat my record. But I was like, no. So, I, I know he can leave the 265, but I did that. And ever since, nobody has beat me. Even in the Ghana Strongest, I pull up a weight that nobody was able to, put, to pull. So the powerlifting, it's more like natural strength. Powerlifting is more like natural strength. And in Ghana here, I don't know if they, they don't test like um, powerlifting is more like a pure strength. Come show your pure strength. You know, raw, no straps, no nothing. And it's a good thing. That way you can cheat. You know, when you put it on your chest, when you hear press before you press. When you hear rock before you rock. So it's a good thing. And I learned a lot from it. And I think it's it's more fun than um, the Ghana Strongest. Because the Ghana Strongest, we don't have weight class. I can be 80 kg and then go compete with someone who is 140 k- kilograms. It doesn't make sense. So I decided. But if there were to be a weight class of the strongman competition, I would have put more interest in that. Then I'll be graduating from state to state. And before I get to the heavy one. Yeah. Do, do you... um? Do people in Ghana who are doing weightlifting, do they pay attention to all these other powerlifters around the world? Like uh, guys like, you know, the big names, uh, Ray Williams, Russell Orhe, or, you know, Amanda Lawrence or, or whatever? They do. They do, actually. They really? do, actually. But the thing that they normally do is that, um, you know, Ray Williams um, started lifting. Um, like, I mean, he's putting his results out there, but he wouldn't put his training. He's trained, they're fully training out there. You can just see what, if, imagine William um, squatting 500 kilograms, 400 kilograms. Don't expect, don't expect to go that way in your gym. It was a process. It was a process. But it has, it has hurt so many athletes in Ghana by, because they move by what they see on the social media. Someone did this. I can also do this because I'm the same way with the person and it's wrong. It's totally wrong. They look at other athletes, though, and with a stronger now, uh, the Ghana strongest has taken over because there's no new competition in Ghana again. It's just Ghana most strongest man. And they look at um, 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 half tall, Beyonce, and uh, what do we call it? Um, Eddie Halls. You know, they've been paying attention to stuff like that. I, I, have, I have all of them in my, on my page, but, you know, I'll reach out to you. I don't, I, don't, I don't reach out to you when you're on the higher level. It's just step by step. When I, when I pass through, let's say, assuming you, you push like 300 kg. I need to reach out to you. When I go beyond you, I need to I need to reach out to someone who is ahead of you. Just step by step to be able to be number one. 
So they, they, a lot of a lot of athletes are also not good on social media as well. But me, that's where I spend my time. That's where I do my everything. I respond to every message on social media because that's what can make me. That's what can open chance for me. So I don't take things for granted because there's no opportunities here. So I have to I have to be reaching out to people out there. Who knows? Maybe one helper will come out of somewhere someday to support Ghana to support us, the athletes. So they look. They 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 definitely watch people out there. Yeah. Of the forty thousand people following you, which is a lot, is are most of them from Ghana or other African nations, or are they? What is what is kind of the split of that of your following? It's all around the world. It's all around the world, and I got more followers when my video started trending in the rain. And I would love to yeah. say something about. Well, I will get there. So I got more followers when you guys started reposting me and all that. People was like, okay, so they, he does more things, you know, and. You know, I got more recognition. Um, I was I was almost signed by um, one fit uh, clothing line, but the deal didn't go right. So, but I was like, let me just wait. There's time for everything. I don't rush. I tried putting much effort on that, but it didn't. I don't force myself. When I force one, two, and that's it. I just relax and then work. That's all. So it didn't work. But um, I had great opportunities, and I make better use of it. And um, it has really made me. And uh, have most of my followers are like international, international, yeah. like yeah, international. Most of them are international, not local, international. Serious. Um, people are calling me in Brazil to come around. People are calling me in Dubai. People are everywhere. They just calling me, but you know they don't even know. Even to get out there, it's all about sponsors. Send invitation. Let me come. You just let me know you're hosting me. Then we do something together. People want to come down here. Actually, people flew there all the way from America to come work out with me in my ghetto gym. That's I did a video. Really? I haven't, I haven't posted it yet. You know, it's not about only working out with me. Let's see what we can do to support them as well. If it's about working, everybody can work out with me. You know, it's a journey that I've started and I want to help them. Yeah. Because yeah. if we, when we let the things slide, when we let the dream die, who is going to lift us? Who is going to lift them? The people that are coming after us. Who? We want to leave a good legacy. Good legacy. It's not about making him and then let it slide like that. Good legacy is better than riches. So that's all I'm looking forward to do. Yep. Yeah. It's um when we re- reposted you training in the rain, I seen people like Cameron Haynes, who's like one of Joe Rogan's best friends and has been on there a bunch of times. He's reposting. He's got like a couple million people. Like this thing took off. Like this thing started popping up everywhere. It was everywhere. I look, people were reposting it. Be like, Oh my God. Um, it was crazy, man. And I couldn't sleep because I don't want to, I don't want to miss any posts. I didn't sleep all night. I was just reposting, checking. I thought I was I was gonna get blocked by Instagram because it was going up. I was at I think um, 11,000 11, followers, and then it went up. It went up push, and um, you know now the real one has remained. Sometimes you lose some, you gain some. So the real one, the real ones are, has remained, and I have to let. Keep putting work. I stopped focusing on Instagram a little bit. I had to go build my TikTok as well because uh, when I, I build my TikTok now, I'm hitting to almost hundred thousand followers on TikTok. Holy so, shit, hundred thousand! Almost. I'm. Ni- I think ninety three. I think ninety three point four. I'm Damn. working on hundred. Yeah. And one of my video got like two point four million views on TikTok. So and Holy I have one point something on TikTok. Dude, yeah. you're blowing up. You're doing things, man. You're making things happen for sure. Right. All this platform, I'm building it for people that will come after us. I'm doing it. It's not for me. That is why I'm trying to set up this studio. I'm not done. 
for an interview, whenever an athlete come down, whoever have interest in fitness come down, I'm going to interview the person because on my YouTube, I have crazy views on YouTube as well. I have 61 million views on my YouTube and it's crazy. In three years, I have 61 million views on my YouTube when I was training with the same guy that I trained during the Ghana Strongest Shaka Zulu. So I have one video that got five point something million views on YouTube and God being so good, I was able to put monetization on my YouTube last month. So now whatever video I upload, that is why I set up this. I want to be uploading workout videos and how to teach people, you know, stuff, you know, to be able to raise money and support them as well. I want to be a head. I want to be a coach. I want to be a, a president of fitness. I want to be so many things. So if you don't set up this angle, it is not about putting money in it. So after putting money in it, who is going to advertise for us? Who is going to put us out there? So I build a platform to be able to push them. So now, post, when you leave something great, when you leave a good video, I'll post it and put your description in my YouTube. And then give it. That's my YouTube hundred thousand award. The nice platform, man. That, yeah. So, um, this platform, I'm building this platform to support the Ghana fitness. That's all. Yeah. I have crazy views on. I have 140,000 subscribers on YouTube. Dude, you said you when we kicked this off. You said, man, you grew up hustling, and dude, you were hustling hard for this thing, and it is working, <laughs> dude. You are. Right. It is working, man. Right, um, I don't give up. Yeah, no, you can't. You you know, you you got a lot of people behind you that, that you're pulling up with you. You know, some people, they make it to a certain level and they pull the ladder up after them and they don't bring people up with them, but you're doing the opposite. You're bringing people up. And it's it's a great story from like the humble beginnings where you could go. And eventually, you know, you might be the administration side. You might be the Ghana president to get it going again. Because I know there's been a pause on it. Maybe you get it going again. You might be, or at least start helping out in different fashions. Because um, the more exposure you bring, the more people see it, the more people get involved, whether it's in Ghana or outside of Ghana. And be like, this right. is something I want to get involved in. You know, so right. essentially, you just, keep, you, you just keep doing what you're doing. You keep grinding. Um, Thank you. And I also wanted to ask you about you work security uh, for for that musician. Now, how do I pronounce the musician? Stone boy. It's just Stone Livingstone. So Stone Boy. Stone Boy. Okay. Because I seen a W in there, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I'm pronouncing it right. I help the video when the video come to Ghana. I help him with the security part as well. So on that question, I'm going to answer you. Give me a minute. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My friend, no worries. So we're just talking about how. Um, you ended up working working security for uh, Stone Boy. Is it stoned or Stone Boy? It's just stone, like a stone. Okay. A rock. Gotcha. Stone Boy. And um, he's a big artist, man. He wins Super awards the whole time. Super big. <laughs> How I mean, did that happen? You know, Stone Boy speaks the same language as I speak, like Airway. Okay. Um, we, we started, I was a fan. I was a fan before I met him. And then the one night, I quite remember, he came with a security guard. He has a lot of security guard. He came with a security guard, and I I realized they needed more help because I was a fan. I didn't want nobody touching him and all that, so I have to go support and all that. So he likes positive energy. So I went and offered my support, and then um, later we met again, and it was like, yo, I should just bring my phone. He's, he just gave me his number straight. He just like said he liked my spirit. Somebody has some one strong spirit that when he see a real thing, he recognizes it. So we we connect and then uh, we started talking. I don't disturb him with a match chat because I know he's a superstar. I just once in a while I message him. I was like, okay, I'm free. I would like to 
support you if because he's a king and he's pushing Ghana to the to the to the highest because the achievement what he has achieved in Ghana no Ghana musician has achieved that no Ghana the height the record that he has said no Ghana artist has ever done that and he's still doing it he doesn't he doesn't use that to bully the rest but he always motivate them so that's how we connected and later we he was featured in a movie and I was called on that project as well to be to be a bodyguard for Stoneboy in a movie. No, no shit. So you you were a security guard in real life, and you played a security guard in the movie. Yeah, before I didn't he didn't confirm me as a security guard. It was just a normal person that he knows, but yeah. I supported I supported him without him knowing. I was supporting him with the security part when I first met him. So later I was calling a project, a project that he was called on to be. I mean, he has a foundation for. Um, you know, um, he had a foundation, like he helped the people that, that cannot pay for their hospital bills and all that. He helps them and all that. So he was all in that movie to play that role. And I have to be his bodyguard in that movie. And since then, it has been like a family thing. He supported and it has really helped me a lot, pushing me, always supporting me, always pushing me to the highest level, man. I mean, kudos to Stoneboy. I mean, it's everything. Now we are family. Like I go to him, he come to me, like we are, we are brothers. It's beyond work now. Yeah, and and whilst I was whilst as I'm, I'm with him right now, I'm still learning again because the vice president, Ghana vice president, bodyguard, I'm kind of close to him, so he gives me all that on how to go with things. I've been learning without them knowing. So yeah, my work is different. Being a being a bodyguard, it's right here. It's right here. You just don't go with the stone. Ah, make sure your principal is safe before you can do any rowdy thing. So that's what I've been learning, and it's it's really working for me. Yeah. So Stoneboy. Kudos to Stoneboy. You said when you're growing up, that's how kind of you felt. That's that's what you were when I asked you to describe yourself growing up. You said you, you were like that dude who essentially you're working security back then when you weren't even like officially working security. It's like naturally in you, you know. Um, Acting people. So, Just be, and it's still, it's still like that. I don't want to see people being bullied. I don't want it. I can come from anywhere and jump in. I don't mind if I die. I don't care. That's how God put me and I can change it. And I don't always bully people. I don't always, if I know, if I know, even when you cost me a fight, if I know I can beat you to the highest level, I'm not going to touch you. I'm just going. Mm. I don't do stuff like that because when you're a security guard, when you're a security man or when you're a bodyguard, listen, you're not working for yourself. Remember you're, you're protecting someone. The, at the moment you go fight for the person, you're leaving the person. And he can be attacked. So you have mm. to use this. You have to make sure you play the safer place. Okay, being a bodyguard doesn't mean you have to beat this and then they tell you he was beating, he was doing that. No, make sure you protect the one you protected. Keep him to the safer place before you can do anything. And make sure what, whatever you're getting yourself into would not bring a bad name to him because he sports his record. That his bodyguard was, uh, he assaulted someone. No. So I always learn from this. And Stoneboy has changed me before I was kind of hard, rowdy and all that, but he has taught me so many things. Working with him has taught me so many things because he knows where he's taking Ghana to. He's not where he's taking his music to. Um, so he oh, he doesn't want any violence thing because recently he brought Beanie Man from Jamaica to Ghana for a biggest concert ever. And it, it has never happened in the Ghana history. So mm. he's doing it. He brought Morgan Heritage to come represent him here in Ghana. Morgan Heritage, he was featured in three albums, five albums, three Ghana nominee, nominated in Grammy. So he's making a progress. I was going to yeah. say, because he's won awards. Uh, yeah, he's Stoneboy. only Ghanaian musician to won the Nickelodeon Award and also won uh, the BET solo. Like, the real That's right, the BET one. Yeah, he won international awards, right? Well, I did a little research on him. I was like, holy shit. Right. 
um, he's, he's doing a, some real things, man. He's, he's, he, I mean, he's everything. I mean, I just want to see him win because the mindset that he has is different. I'm close to him and I know what, he, what he's up to. His level is not just in Ghana. He want to put Ghana somewhere because in 10 years, in 20 years to come, he might not be doing what he's doing. So that means the legacy is more important. Like I made mention in my previous quote, legacy, the good legacy is everything, you know. I'm learning a lot from him and, I, and I'm attaching it to my fitness world. Yeah, he has always been in support of what I'm doing. Is it, um, being a bodyguard though, is it like, are there scary moments, tense moments? Like it can't be an easy job at times, right? You know, um, it's not that scary because you just have to, because even if a little child, they put a little child on duty, he has some spirit, he has some guts in him. It's being a bodyguard, it's like a zeal. You have some, it's like your first time holding ammunition, like you will, well, I mean, your spirit becomes huge, you know? Yeah, you are strong. So even if it's a child on duty, you have, you have to respect that child. It's as, it's always a, even if you're the most scary or if you're more, the most the most weakest person as the moment they made you a security, it gives you some power. It has some spirit in you. It invested some spirit in you. So it has never been scary. And uh, because I know how I do my work, it has never been scary. And I always take it cool. Before I thought maybe we have to be fighting and all that. No, so I realized it wasn't that. So I have to apply um, 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 wisdom like wisdom to what I'm doing. So yeah, it has never been scary because it's not, it's not a fight. You have to make sure you protect the one you protected. Some of the fans want to get to him. He has the crazy fan base, which called the beam nit. People want to pull him, want to do this. People want to do that. People want to, you know, so you have to prevent that. Make sure sometimes I have to give myself to the crowd for him to go. Mm. Yeah, that's how it is. And how did the uh, modeling end up happening where you ended up in, you know, flying out to Europe, and you're working with some right. some f- professional photographers and whatnot. How did this happen? Yeah, so you know, like I made mention, I've never said this anywhere. And uh, it's, I mean, it's God. When you put God first, and you put, you will determine. You don't wish bad for your neighbor. You don't wish bad for your friend. The door always open to you. God's time is always the best. But hard work is everything. I don't work smart. I work hard. So. I mean, when I when we applied for the visa, it wasn't for the modeling. When I applied for the visa, it wasn't for the modeling strictly because I didn't confirm it. So I was just my first time having a visa. If you don't go, the embassy is not going to issue a visa again. So my first time having that visa, my passport, my virgin passport, I just have to go. And I was given one month, three three weeks on that bit of my passport. So meaning I don't have to stay more than one month. I know I'm, I'm coming from a bad, uh, like, like a strong area. So basically, I can run away. I can decide not to come and purchase my dream over there. But because I know what is ahead of me, if I run right now, my dream is going to shut. I can't be able to do what, I'm, what I have to do. I can't be able to motivate people that I need to motivate. So I decided to, to go and come on time to have a good relationship with the embassy so I can apply again. And when you have a good relationship with embassies like that, whenever you apply for any visa, they give it to you. When you have the invitation, they know you have a good record, they give it to you. So... Working with Stoneboy when he he when I told him about this dream, he always has always believed it. I mean, believed in my dream. He has always he has always been support. So he was like, he backed me up and was like, go for it. And it happens. And when he backs you up, that's it. So he has he has he has helped me on that side. I got everything done and um, I went for the shoot. Um, when they sent my pictures to the models, the the, the comes was like, I have to show your picture to the models to see who is going to shoot with you. And people have to be fighting. On me, like everybody want to shoot me when they 
my profile and everything. And all the mothers want to shoot the movie. So we choose one and then we had a great shot. And uh, I thought that was it. I thought it was just a picture that I did with this. That was it. So his kind of picture has a message. His kind of picture has, he's a, no, no, I thought he's just a photographer. He's the biggest photographer in the whole Europe. He's the biggest. I didn't even know, but he's not relevant on social media. Yo, you're going to put your work out there and I'm going to let people know this is who I'm working with. So I did that and I started giving him shout out and everything is moving smoothly now. So I thought after the shoot, that was it. So I, I was home and then he sent me a great contract. I was like, hey, let's sign 10 years contract on that particular Holy shoot that we did. Shit. We did crazy shoot and everything on me, like things. And it's going to be in a magazine. It's going to look for sponsors for that. I mean, people to buy that magazine. Imagine when people buy it with good price. I'm going to get a good percentage on that. A great percentage. I can't say it here. A percentage on that and a great progress. I pray that, that that picture is everything. This is just a rough sketch. This is one of them, but he's going to send you what you need to see. The rest is not going to show it to you because it's going to have to look for people to buy that. This is just a rough sketch. If this rough sketch can look good, this good, imagine the rest. So, yeah, it was on the train. We catch a vibe, and then I thought that was it. And we had a great show. I signed the biggest contract in my whole, my first contract ever, and it's super great. And I pray that it goes um, far. Even if it doesn't go far, it's a great step in my life. That's it. It's a great step. And I'm not going to sleep on that. I'm going to use that to achieve so many things. What, what I need to attach, you know, it's a fitness and a model thing. It's, it's the same in the same circle. So I just have to be looking around to see what can add up to that. Yeah. It's true, man. Once you start, once you start getting the ball rolling, doors open up that you wouldn't normally see. Like who knows you start doing fitness. You wouldn't know that from lifting weights um, and creating your own weights will equal into powerlifting. Powerlifting Federation goes in a pause because the president dies, but then strongman opens up and then security for the biggest artist in Ghana, one of the biggest in Africa who's winning international awards and BET and stuff like that. Um, you know, check, I checked them out, man. His, his videos are popping all over YouTube. All of a sudden you're working security, you're in movies Crazy. with him. And then all this from movies, it work in security of him to like modeling, signing modeling contracts, going to I, Europe. Cause I seen you in Europe and my man's from Ghana in Europe. There's like snow in the ground. You're wearing Timberland boots. It's like snow. You're like, holy shit. What I, am I doing in Europe? You're like, this is cause I follow you, man. And I'm like, hats off to Charles, man. Right. The guys, the guys floating all over the world doing things. And I'm like, the doors are opening for you, man. Man, so you've always been in support. I, I, I'm so glad that we have we we we, we talk. I'm so glad, you know. I've always wanted to have someone like that in my life, but I'm so I'm so blessed that I mean we 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 connected, you know. Like I made mention, when you have good spirits, you always connect with good people. So, yeah, I wanted to do so much in Germany, and I went to Amsterdam. I wanted to do so much in Germany, but my time wasn't 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 enough. So, but now. Now that I have good relationship with the embassy, I can apply again and I'll get more time. So yeah. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do that, but I have to reach out and see what can that do. I have to I didn't even upload it on my status that I'm coming to um, um, um Germany. But this time what I'm doing when I'm going, I have to update and see what work can come across. What collaboration can I do for my YouTube? Who can I put it on and all that, you know, stuff right. like that. I want to do that. You know, traveling is expensive, let me put it that way, but I was able to I mean make this happen. So I like I made myself, I'll be looking for help elsewhere. Whoever wanna host me, I'll work on a visa and a ticket and let's see how we can collaborate and do things, you know. I can bring I'm bringing Ghana there, I'm bringing Ghana there, you know, stuff like that. So um I always wanna look uh 
I'm, 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 I'm the go-getter type, you know. When I have opportunity, I just go for it and then make better use of it. That's it. So the Euro people wanted to make, I mean, a lot of people said, I should stay, I should stay, I should. And I was like, listen, I have a dream. Yeah, I have a dream. I'm not, I'm not down. Thanks for your advice. But listen, when I know where I'm going to stay, I know. But even when you have good, you may have good visas, you can travel all around and do your work and still have money and still push people from Africa as well. Yeah. You, you're saying, so essentially the temptation was um, you get a visa, go to Europe. And some people are saying, just stay even when your visa's out and just like, and you're like, no, I got to go back. Cause then, it, you know, there yeah. are people still back there and you know, it, like, was it kind of like you'd feel bad about it? I'm beyond that, but um, they don't know my dream. Like I made mention that there's, there's a lot of things that I've said here that they don't even know. Then yeah. they don't have to know. I'm not doing it. But what I'm doing, the benefit is for them. The process is not for them. Do you get it? So what I have to go through is not for them. But the result that will motivate them, it's for them. So they should focus on that. And they shouldn't, they shouldn't try to dig in and see what I'm having going before achieving this and that. No. So they were mad at me. And I respect them a lot because where I'm from, it's not easy to get to Europe. It's not easy to get to Europe and all that and come back again, you know? I'm back and I have good relations. I report at the embassy and, you know, it's a good feeling. You know, I can now, after the way I can travel, I can go apply for, I have a good record. I can apply for any visa now. I can apply for any visa and it wouldn't be an issue. But if you've never traveled before, and when you apply for a visa, the possibility to have it is like, it won't be like 900%. But now you've traveled, you have good relationship with this embassy. I went to Europe, I didn't stay. What major thing I'm going to stay in South Africa? What major thing I'm going to stay in this? You get it? So, yeah. Appreciate your time. It's We're 90 minutes deep, and uh, it's been a great conversation because a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, myself included, didn't know much about Ghana or the or the powerlifting scene there. So I appreciate you hopping on here and telling people a bit about it. And um, if anybody wants to either reach out for you, whether it's for coaching, sponsorships, or even just to follow you and follow your journey, um, how do they reach you on your social medias and how do they reach you personally? All right. So I'm always active on social media. Like I mentioned, that's where you get to know people. That's where we got connected. So my handle, the handle is what I use everywhere. Charles underscore Cobbler. The Cobbler is K-O-R-B-L-A. On TikTok, um, I always respond to message. When you just send me a DM, I will just see it straight. But um, on my email as well, it's charles.com. Gaba, the Gaba is G-A-B-A 2016 at gmail.com. Charles.gaba, the Gaba is G-A-B-A 2016 at gmail.com. And um, uh, when you DM me, we can connect on WhatsApp. WhatsApp is global. We can talk more and connect. I love to connect with people, explain. Sometimes when you talk on video, you can explain yourself more than the chat. So mm-hmm. um, on Instagram, it's the Charles underscore Cobbler. K-O-L-B-L-A. I'm always active and I re- I, re- I reply to every messages. And now I'm the, this is one of my apparel. I'm wearing my Boogie Down Fitness apparel. I try to put this out there to see what I can gain from it to support the, the, the my, my, I mean, the upcoming ones as well. So yeah, a lot of things coming up. Uh, we did this lunch and I launched this. Uh, that was last year after my video was trending. You know, I did that and people had ordered outside like international now, I just posted a little bit. I'm starting next month real quick. I'm bringing the, the one with the Ghana flag and everything on it. So, yeah. Sounds yep. good, my man. And you could buy those, those uh, the apparel online? 
Yeah, you can, um, like for now, my app, it was still working on the website. I used to have a website, it's still working on it. But now when you send me a DM, I have the Boogie Down page has a, I uh, have a different page for the business, which is the Boogie Down Fitness, Boogie Down Fitness, at Boogie Down Fitness. You're going to see it at Boogie Down Fitness. It's in my bio. It's in my bio right now. When they click on Charles and Scott Cobbler, they're going to see the link and everything. So when you click on that, uh, when you make your order, um, you get great shout out. That's well. when you make your order, I post it. It's just, I'm, I'm not looking for much profit right now. I just want to see my, my, my logo go around all around. I have a certificate for that. That's the Boogie Down certificate. So we're just taking our time building things up just to support the Ghana, just to support Ghana. But now I'm ready for anything. Now I need to, I need to, it had to be me before I come for Ghana. It had to be me to see which management team can I join? Who can hold me down? Can I join? When I even tell people that I'm, I'm doing, I'm going to do live with you, they thought maybe it's going to be live that they're going to watch. Everybody is in the haste to come watch it and all that. But I know you're going to put it out there and I'll be very much to repost it. I'll be very much to, you know, to see how people would, I uh, mean, react to it. So thank you so very much for your time. I'm much grateful. May God bless you. You bet, my man. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, we're going to keep in contact, man. And I hope I see you at the IPF World Championship, some t- championship sometime and we get to meet in person, my man. That'd be amazing. That's it. I even want to attend the strongman, the strongman with the weight class, like represented. I've seen some of the weight class and all that. I would love to do. I would love to play the both part. I don't mind. I want to do all because I have, naturally, I'm strong. Naturally, I don't know why. Because when I was in school, I have to go work as a constructor. I mean, a laborer for a construction company just to support myself in school. I had to carry cement, cement two bags. I can put two bags on my shoulder and run a big test with it. That was what I've been doing and all that. So naturally I'm strong and I have a lot in me. I can do so many things. Trust me. So many. I just want to see a competition, my body weight and I, I have to fight people. That's, I want to fight people in a competition. That's it. So I have a lot in me that whoever will invest in me will not, it won't, it won't be in vain because because what I have in me, what I have in me can bring a lot of money. It can bring a lot of sponsors as well. And I just want to, I just want to be out there to motivate people. I'm not coming out there to make money for my pocket now. Sounds good, my man. Well, thank you for coming on. We're going to keep in touch and good luck with all your pursuits, my brother. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank See you. you